Coming up on this week's episode on Phimology, we are taking a look at supervillains, Kinkachus, and Val Kilmer. All that and more coming up on this week's episode of Filmology. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am Jonathan Galarowitz, also known as Johnny G over at filmologyshow.com. And on this week's episode of the show, I am joined by Mike and Samantha. Hi. Wow. <laughs> I was waiting for Mike to go first. Hi. I was waiting for Samantha to go first. <laughs> I, I should just... I promise did. we're here and not just a figment of his imagination. <laughs> I, I, I hope that we're not all figments of my imagination. I we, should re-edit, we should re-edit these to get rid of being Samantha's voice in all the podcasts and just have Jonathan talking to himself. I think it'd be fantastic. <laughs> No, I don't want that. Um, that anyway, so um, hi everyone. Uh, it's, it's been a while. Um, we've been gone. Life has been just—I know—on my end, uh, chaotically busy. Uh, I'm not sure, Mike. I'm assuming you've been busy as well, just a different kind of busy. And Samantha's been busy-ish. Busy-ish. Does that count? I don't really feel like I've been that busy. Okay. Well, I've been busy, but uh, the nice thing, Samantha, uh, is you've been helping, since you haven't been as busy, you've been helping update the website. I help. Yeah, she's helping, and we have a website that's a lot more up-to-date, so that's exciting. It's been a long time since the website's been this far ahead with its updates, so that's really good. By the time you guys are even hearing this, it'll be further along in the updating process, so that's Awesome there. Uh, once again, Phimology Show at Gmail. What am I doing? I'm, I'm giving I'm giving up where uh, people can contact us. Uh, I f- mean, if they want to tell us the website looks good, sure thing. <laughs> Go for uh, it. I like compliments. Versus some of the other comments we get about the, the website. Sometimes oh, no, you just ignore those. I just ignore those, okay. Yes, promote the good ones. Side, because side, we should spread joy. A complete side tangent here. And I know, Samantha, you remember how... I don't, I don't know if the word's upset, but how carried away I got with people when they were emailing and commenting and all that about my Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom review. Uh, yeah. Man, I, I think I had to have Samantha take away my phone because of how just intense I was getting with emailing people back and commenting uh, on Facebook posts. and. Uh, yeah, so we do respond. Uh, sometimes sometimes we respond we do Uh, at least see it so yes we do see it uh as i've always been saying lately i i haven't been on social media as much lately it's it's just it's a downer right now i don't really need to go on there but we do have social media accounts on facebook uh just phimology show is our facebook page twitter instagram is all phimology show so follow us there. Sometimes we update things. Uh, Instagram gets updated and Facebook get updated. Twitter, we should probably start to update a little bit more often. But I'm not that great with those quitty, wait, quitty, I can't talk. 
Witty? I, I, I'm going to say quitty, and it's coming out... What is quitty? Mean? Well, I was going to be quick and witty, and it didn't work. And it wasn't quick or witty. I know. That's that's what I'm trying to say here. I'm not good at those <laughs> witty quotes. Uh, those Are you trying like, to make no. Fetch trying to happen, Jonathan? Fetch is never going to happen. <laughs> What are we talking about right now? It's a Mean Girls quote. You wouldn't understand. I like Mean Girls. I've only seen it once. I don't but... know. I feel like Mike and I are the Mean Girls of this podcast. We're not the Mean Girls. Jonathan is the Mean Girl. Does that mean okay. I'm the Lindsay Lohan? What does that mean I have? Sure. No, oh, you, want... you, you can be Rachel McAdams. <laughs> I mean, I do like Rachel McAdams, so I mean, that's fine. Um, On Wednesdays, we wear pink. I never wear pink. Well, good thing it's not Wednesday I will... today. <laughs> Hopefully never nobody ever listens to this on the... I, I'm never going to wear pink. Um, anyway, uh, on this week's show, we are taking a look at the new DC film, The Suicide Squad, taking a look at the new Netflix film, Vivo, and the new Amazon Studios uh, A24-produced documentary, Val. So that's exciting there. Top five is going to be top five Val Kilmer movies, tying in with our review of Val. Mike, I can't remember if you've been here when we've done this new part of the show. I know Samantha has been. I'm not sure if you've been. But before we usually get going now with our shows, it's actually things... This is a, a format that we used to do all the time. We would talk about TV shows or books or movies that are kind of inspiring us, making us happy. Things that you know you would normally talk about around the water cooler. So, Mike, do you have anything in the arts world that has been inspiring you or making an impact on your life? I watched The Green Knight and that was cool. I enjoyed that. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, basically that's what I'm asking. I don't know if it changed my life. It doesn't have to change your life. Okay, I'm being a little. Uh, I haven't gotten a horse. I should get a horse though and go ride on a quest to a green tower. Cleo's big enough worries. to be a horse. Samantha, what have you been watching since we last talked? Since <laughs> she doesn't want to go, and I was giving her the benefit. I was maybe of... gonna talk about a book, but I talked about a book last time, so I feel like I should pick something else. Well, I'm gonna talk about. I got, I got two, and I, one of them you might take, and one of them you might not. Well, why don't you go first? Not but, won't take it then. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about uh, Road Runner, a film about Anthony Bourdain. Th- this is a film that I really enjoyed. Oh, it's hard to say I actually enjoyed this film. I admired the film. I really admired, or well, admired, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, I actually came to his work late uh, in his life, and. Uh, with uh, Parts Unknown on CNN. And I just thought that he was a great spokesman for empathy in the world, trying to understand other people and just understand their food, their culture, their society, and I thought that was great. And I think that, I mean, (laughs) he's missed. He's really much missed by me and by a lot of other people in the world. And this documentary can't, I mean, it, it... it's doing a good job of explaining that he's missed, obviously, but it's more looking at him as a problematic hero, which is a, something that a lot of people don't like. They rather just look at the the shining armor, Anthony Bourdain, and be like, "Hey, he's perfect. He's great." Which there's no human on this earth that is perfect. So to have a documentary that looks at I don't say warts and all, warts and all, because there's aspects that aren't touched in the film, but it's 
it's it's, it's a great film. Um, even though obviously everybody who's going to go watch that knows that he committed suicide. The film even states it in the first five minutes that that's how the story's going to end if you don't know who Anthony Bourdain is. Uh, the last ten minutes, uh, I mean, Samantha will vouch for this. I was just, would you say a train wreck kind of at the end of this? I was yeah. just, just complete, a complete wreck. And um, I, 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 miss, I miss Anthony Bourdain. I miss going on... I miss him being my eyes and ears out there for the world. Like, I don't have that now. And I know that there's, like, millions upon millions of vloggers on YouTube going around attempting to do that same thing. But it, it's, not, it's not working as well. And I, I just, I miss that. And I, I it's sad that we're never going to get that voice again in pop culture. And maybe for the better. Because, I mean, as she talked about in the film... He didn't have a personal life anymore. His whole life was always on camera. For better or for worse, as the documentary points out. So, anyway, uh, Roadrunner, uh, a film about Anthony Bourdain. It's a film that I do highly recommend, so go check that out. Samantha, you are up. Okay, the one I picked, which I am curious if you were thinking I was going to pick it. The one I picked is Shiva Baby. <laughs> yes, that was gonna be my other pick, so I'm I'm happy you're gonna talk about it. It made me so uncomfortable, but I've very much felt heard because sometimes I am the one who's uncomfortable at family gatherings. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's really good. Um, it makes you feel emotion, which means you care about what's going on, and uh, the emotions, anxiety, and uncomfortableness. So just just know that before you're going in. But I. I like the awkwardness and complexity of the situation. I thought some things were kind of funny. Well, really in a, in a dark, funny way. It's not like a, <laughs> it, it's not, this isn't, this is not a family that you should gather all the kids around. No. Get, 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 get <laughs> popcorn. Don't. It's a very dark witted comedy. Uh, I, I, I just want to say that because I don't want And any... it's currently on Netflix. No, HBO Max. Just kidding. Don't listen to me. It's on HBO Max. Yes. Yeah, HBO Max. Is... I mean, go ahead and look on Netflix. It won't be there. Uh, so, yeah, that's what, that's what we have been watching that's inspiring us or making us talk about film more. Mike, I really need to see The Green Knight. It's been bothering me that I haven't seen it. And Samantha wants me to wait for her, and at this point, if we don't watch it this week, I'm going without you. Is that a threat? That is a threat. We have to watch this movie. Um. You can go as soon as we're done here. I don't think the theater is still open at this point. Actually, I'm pretty sure that it's closed. Pretty sure you still go see Mike. I am not driving okay. that far tonight. No offense, Mike. You go see me? I'm not driving further than the movie theater, which is two blocks. Yeah, so rude. Hey, it's like a commute. It's like my commute. It's Vivo's commute. Two blocks. Perfect. We haven't talked about Vivo. They have no idea what's going on. Okay, well, we won't talk about Vivo. <laughs> what is Vivo? But... I'm just kidding. <laughs> we went off on a big tangent there talking about a whole bunch of things. That Which we'll co- I will say more about King Juice on my turn. Which will be coming up <laughs> later on our Vivo review. But right now, we are trying to get to the Suicide Squad. So here is the trailer for the Suicide Squad. Robert Dubois. He's in prison for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. I'm not joining your suicide squad. 
We'll see. My court date is coming up. And Miss Wallace and maybe you could help me out. You're sweating in my door! Everyone stand down. Miss Waller, I don't- Stand down! I wouldn't take such extreme measures if this mission went more important than you could possibly imagine. Are you in or out? Good. Let's meet your team. It's okay, I'm not okay. Each member is chosen for his or her own completely unique set of abilities. I need to feel the raindrops on my head, on my head. Hey guys, sorry I'm late. Had to go number two. Good to know. Supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Belle Reve Prison join the super secret, super shady Task Force X as they are dropped off at the remote, enemy infused island of uh, Corto Maltese. Sorry, it's been a while since I've seen this movie, so I'm having a hard time thinking it about that. It hasn't been a while. It's been a while. Look, it's been a couple of days. All That's I not keep, a while. All I keep thinking about is. Kikachu, Kikachu, Kikachu. Kikachu? Kik- what the heck is that? <laughs> it's like a kinky kaiju. It's that, fine. That is, well, that's what I thought the thing was. I don't know. This whole episode should just be labeled Kikachu, spelled three different ways. <laughs> this is not a word in my lexicon. It will now be a word I use every day because apparently it's a big deal. Uh, it is. Anyway, <laughs> Suicide Squad, once again, not Vivo. Uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, this is, of course, directed by James Gunn, who directed Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Slither, Super. I mean, he's done a whole bunch of other, I'd say, really good films, and then some not-so-great films. Once again, every director's done that. Let's not nitpick that. Actually, actually before we get going there... Where does everybody stand on the 2016 Suicide Squad? For me personally, I mean, you can go back, look at my review, you can go back, listen to that podcast, it's up on the site, filmologyshow.com. But I despised that film. I walked in, I had a, I had a Suicide Squad t-shirt on, I was just all, I was, I was so excited, so excited. And I walked out, and I got home. Threw my Suicide Squad t-shirt in the trash, and I was about to like just go and start having a bonfire with my Suicide Squad comics. I was angry. I was like completely felt betrayed by that adaptation of those characters, and I, I won't say what I th- thought of this film yet. But I've only seen it that one time. I'll probably never see it again in my life. But. That, that, that's that's where I stand on Suicide Squad. So where do you guys stand on that 2016 film? Mike, uh, you can go first. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it, which I'm afraid to say now since I'm worried you're going to use my house as a bonfire. Um, but I don't, I didn't really have any expectations since I never read the, com- read the comics or anything. And I was like, this is pretty good. It's not great by any means. I don't think I've watched it more. Maybe I watched it twice. Maybe. He hasn't watched it more than five times. It's fine. No, I was not like, I don't think I've watched it in a few years, and I kind of forget it exists until someone mentions it, but like, I didn't, it was okay. It's an Academy Award winning film, how could you forget it? Um, because sometimes ba- bad movies win Academy Award winning films, but like, sometimes good movies do. Like, the original Turtles live action movie, that's fantastic. Did that win a, oh, yeah. 
Oscar? Yeah, obviously, for best movie ever. Anyway, um, yeah, but Suicide Squad's forgettable. It was, it was good, but forgettable. Samantha, your opinion or your quick take on the 2016 Suicide Squad? I feel like I can be honest because if you want to burn our place down, you're going down too. So uh, I liked it. Yeah, I did. Let that sink in a little bit. Oh, it, it's, been, it's been stink sinking in for the past <laughs> past four years. Um, still get hurt by it every day. <laughs> hurt doesn't go away. Anyway, I can't believe that I'm on a show right now with two people who like that film. Go back once again. I encourage everybody go back. Check out our 2016 review. Uh, and nobody on that show liked it. Completely different table. Uh, um, how the tables have tables. How the tables have tables, exactly. It's disgusting <laughs> to me, but... <laughs> Completely different crew uh, on that for that show, but I, I didn't like it. But that's that's fine. Um, so, it, point being, I walked into this film, The Suicide Squad, this 2021 movie, incredibly excited. Apparently, I don't learn from my mistakes. And... I mean, I didn't, I didn't go in with, a, like, a Suicide Squad t-shirt, but I did go in excited. So excited, in fact, that Samantha and I went to the wrong theater, but that's a whole different tangent. But I I, I loved it. Uh, I, I really loved this film. Uh, the, there's obviously aspects I don't like. A lot of the aspects I don't care for are in the spoiler territory, so I can't really talk about that. But the, this film was surprising. The, the, the characters who die... I mean, I, I'm assuming everybody knows that characters are going to die. I don't think that's a... Spoiler. It means called the Suicide Squad, you know, the whole premise. Perhaps we don't say the names of who no, dies. No, I'm not going to say who the characters I just, I, <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, I think some of the characters who die uh, are surprising. I thought there were risks taken, and the action's great, it's funny. I mean, it definitely earns its R rating with, you know, language, the violence. But I, I'm having a great time. And when I go back and I look at Black Widow that came out earlier this year... And I'm like, let's just look at the action. Like, that's a simple thing. I mean, they're both comic book movies that should have generally good action. This blows Black Widow out of the water. When I left Black Widow, I thought it was just an adequate film. And now that I have this, I'm like, man, that even looks like more dull in comparison to the Suicide Squad here. That's my quick take. Mike, your quick take here on this new Suicide Squad. Did you like it? I liked it, but I have a feeling it's going to be much like the first one where I liked it and then I'm going to forget about it. I did enjoy some of the action, but I like Black Widow better. I'm sorry, but... Okay, apparently I am really on the wrong show today. I mean, not the wrong show. No, I, I think that's fine to like... This is going to be... I, 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 I can't believe I'm saying that much. Say it again? What? No, I admit, no, I heard just, no, I, I, I heard you. Everyone else gets edited out, and it's just Jonathan talking to himself. <laughs> All I'm saying is if there was a Florence Pugh fan club, I would definitely be, like, the, not the number one fan. I'd be in the top, like, 20 somewhere fans of Florence Pugh. And she's the best part of Black Widow, but I'm sorry. She still doesn't hold the candle to the Suicide Squad here. And... I, I can't believe I'm saying that. Like, I, I can't believe... I mean, I can believe, because I, I put Shazam in my top ten of that year. I, 
I don't care, DC, Marvel, Image, whatever the comic book com company is, I don't care. As long as it's an entertaining film, it's engaging, I care about the characters, and don't get me wrong, Mike, some of the, the whole storyline here, uh, the, the character who Taika Waititi plays, I, I didn't care for that. They were trying to shove the heart into the film, and I get that for a general audience, you need to have like your core characters who have the, their storyline going throughout the entire film. Is it resolved? Sure. Kind of in a wishy-washy way. It's not like fully resolved. It's resolved enough for a blockbuster action film. Which is more than I can say for Black Widow. That, that's, that's, that, that just feels like a filler movie to me. Samantha, what do you think here of this new Suicide Squad? I really loved it. Despite some of the biological aspects of it not being correct. What are you talking about? Biological? Are you talk, oh, you're talking about the, the, the... I don't know what I can say when I can't, so that's as generic as I can make it. I know what you're talking about, and I'm just telling you. <laughs> it is a creature from outer space. And it doesn't move how it should. It's from outer space! I don't what care. How would it fly around in space? We can debate this all day. Anyway, I had to have that said. I thought you were um, going to talk about King Shark here and be like, what are you talking about? There's like no sharks. There's no land sharks? I've, I've seen I don't know how he walks around. I've seen Saturday Night Live. There are land sharks. There have been land sharks for a long time. But also, if he is really a shark and he's the king of the sharks, um, sharks don't ever stop moving. So why is he able to rest at night, Jonathan? He, he doesn't. He clearly tries to eat people at night, as we saw. Only a little bit. So. That's uh, not fair. That's not fair. Um, and I also want to say that I really love Weasel. He's not my favorite character, but he's pretty high up there. I got a lot of laughs from him. And, uh, yeah, I just thought it was, there were some sweet moments in the movie that I really liked. And the action was a, a little hard for me to watch sometimes because I'm not always the biggest fan of gore. And there's a couple of... Scenes that made me a little uncomfortable, but it was still an engaging and fun movie to watch. See, this is the thing which I liked about this movie, though, with uh, on a gore aspect. It's so over the top. It is really over the top. So it's it's never... It's not like, oh yeah, that could happen to me. It's like, whoa, man, you really took that far. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like the whole Spinal Tap thing. You're dialing it up to 11. This one goes to 11. Yeah. That's why I enjoyed it so much, because it knows that it's trying to do that. It knows it's being over the top. It reminded me, I don't remember the title of the show, but the level of, uh, like, violence gore reminded me of the animated, like, Harley Quinn TV show. It's just called Harley Quinn. Well, there you go. So yeah. I didn't know if it had a fancy name or not, but... Harley Quinn the animated series. I was like, that one kind of has over-the-top, you know, action, too. So it just reminded me of that a little bit. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, I, no, 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 I don't disagree. <laughs> I just, I... That for that property is going, in my opinion, is going more for the comedy aspect of things. Than... This had a lot of funny oh, parts. Don't get me wrong. It. This the, this the, had a lot of comedy, Jonathan. But I would not put this in the genre of comedy first and foremost. I would put this in the action comedy, the action, the action genre first <laughs> versus a pure comedy. What about romance? This, no. <laughs> No. There's a little romance in there. There's a little dash. Yeah. Uh, is a punchline. 
once again, not getting into spoilers, but actually very good punchline with good character development. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did enjoy that. Uh, one thing that I guess we should mention, since you both for some reason like the other Suicide Squad movie, this really could and probably still is in that same continuity as that other film. Because you have characters showing up who are in that film, in this film, was, surprisingly Will so. Will Smith's character and Idris Elba's character basically the same thing without a different name, though? Weren't they both motivated by the daughter aspect and they both had the superpower of shooting things really well? To a different extent. Will Smith was kind of playing Will Smith, where he's the bad guy with the heart of gold. Idris Elba... Was playing the bad argue. guy with the heart of gold. He doesn't really... <laughs> I, I realized that as I was saying it, but he's still like the whole the whole scene with him and his kid at uh, Bel Reve at the beginning of the film. Will Smith would have never acted the way that Idris Elba acted in that scene, and I thought it was I thought it was so funny. I was just it was a, it was a laugh riot because once again it's over the top, and it's not over the top in the oh god this is just why are you doing this just please stop. Everyone's in on it. So it's not just one particular actor who's over the top. Which I think is my problem a lot with, um, actually, probably the original Suicide Squad movie. Harley Quinn and Jared Leto are in a complete, or Jared Leto in particular, in a completely different dimension, universe, whatever you want to call it. He was, he derailed that movie. And terrible. Terrible. One of the worst, not... One of the worst. The worst Joker we've ever seen. Animation, live action, whatever. The worst. And then you go watch him in The Little uh, the little Things. Is that what it's called? That Denzel Washington movie? I, I've already forgotten it. Is it Pretty Little Things? Uh, or is it Pretty Little Women? Pretty Little Girls? What, Am I confusing it with the TV show, maybe? I don't know. Pretty Little Lies? I don't know. Yeah. Pretty Little Liars. You I might be confused oh, well, with that. <laughs> At least get the show you're mixing it up I don't correct. Watch, I don't right? watch the uh-huh. show. <laughs> I just either. don't watch the crappy... Look, Jared, look point being, Jared Leto is terrible. And he did not understand what he was doing with that character. And he was just like, cool, I'm going to put all these tattoos on and act like I'm just completely crazy. I mean, the Joker is crazy. But the way that he portrayed it felt like a disgrace to the character. All of the characters here in this film, which is another reason why I really like this film, they are all bad guys. They are embracing that. And that's another reason, Samantha, why I love the over-the-top gore and violence. They're supposed to be that bad. These are horrible, despicable people. Let's, let's embrace that. Yeah, Weasel is really scary. <laughs> You're right. And he looks like a chewed-up squeak toy, but he's, he's a weasel, all right. This is what I'm going to say, and I'm gonna, you're going to be surprised here, Samantha. This is the other, the other side of that coin with Joker. And not, I mean, the character, I guess, but the, the movie just called Joker with Joaquin Phoenix that came out a few years back. That is the super serious look at what happens to a person who is unhinged. And this is the lighthearted, or quote-unquote lighthearted, view of hey these are groups of, this is a group of people who was completely unhinged once again i'm not saying i'm gonna go out and do any of the things that these people are doing but i i still love this film i'm rooting for them the entire time because that's what i'm supposed to do they're the protagonists of this film and I'm, I'm having a great time i really am having a great time with it i i think i can say this enough 
with without getting into spoiler territory, I wish that the big bad villain of the movie was not actually uh, taken care of in this film. I wish that that we could still have the big bad villain alive and ready to go on. Why not join the team? Like why not? Why 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 quit the why quit the bad guy and join the team? That'd be an intense uh, next movie. <laughs> I'd be all for it. They have a head, they have a headquarters all ready to go anyway. Yeah, we, we, look, we haven't actually talked about that much about like a lot of the cast here. Obviously, uh, Idris Elba, Bloodsport, John Cena. Did you guys like John Cena as Peacemaker? I mean, I thought he was really funny. I thought the the rivalry between Bloodsport and Peacemaker was, um, I mean, that, that was a lot of fun. I thought he did a good job, although I will admit the first time I saw him on screen in my head I was doing the da 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 because <laughs> I couldn't help myself. But I thought he did good. Yeah, he did good. I like John Cena. He, he did he did well. I mean He my, wasn't my favorite character. He's not, but my, fa- I, I he's not he, my favorite you know, character. He, he did it. But I just I think we're under I think you guys are underselling John Cena or, or maybe I'm overselling him just because I saw F nine, the fast saga. And he obviously he's the the bad guy, not really bad guy because his family. I whatever. He must have gone to Vin Diesel's acting coach in that film because he was he was just a block of wood the entire time. And I think we can at least admit here, like he's actually acting. You you like you believe him, and I I, I think that's where this film goes to interesting places with that character, being uh, the, the complete flip side of Captain America, which I think is great. I, I really actually enjoy that. So, I I, I love the I- irony of the line. Yeah, he's peace. He's peacemaker, and he's gonna just go kill everybody to to bring them peace. I I just that's it, such an ironic American line, that just like strikes to the core of our military that we have here. So I, I think that's really funny. It's a James Gunn's poking fun at that, and he knows that he is. So it's it's funny. Um, there is a Peacemaker TV show coming to HBO Max next year, so I'm kind of excited to see more what uh, James Gunn has in store for that character and uh, all the all the jabs that he's going to take at our, I don't want to say political system because I don't think that he's going to go down that route right now, but our military system, so which has been the butt of jokes for a while, so that's nothing new. I feel like I've been talking for a very long time. Does anyone have anything else to say? I mean, uh... You want to talk about Ratcatcher 2? I'm surprised you haven't mentioned anything about Ratcatcher 2, Samantha. Yeah, she's my favorite character. Oh, she was your favorite. I thought you said Weasel was your favorite character. No, I said he's pretty high up there. Okay, so would you like to talk really quick about Ratcatcher 2? I just like that she's motivated by love, even though she's a villain. While I, while I was saying, and I just thought this in my head, it just kind of clicked like a light bulb was talking about how all the characters are despicable characters. They're all d- I don't know things. if she is. Yeah, that's going to be my She's question. She's motivated by love, and she has empathy and kindness, and I just really liked... Why did she end her. up in Belle Reve? Was it just because she had... I know what's mentioned. It could have just been her dad. Mike, you just watched the film. Why, yeah, remind why, it. Why, why was... Why I actually don't remember why. I missed why she was in prison in the first place. Um, I know it's talked about. On that wasn't bus. he just elbow just in person because he shot Superman? I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Okay, 
That doesn't make him a terrorist. Shooting, shooting somebody with a kryptonite bullet does seem like it could be a bad thing. Shooting Superman. I don't Superman. know why Batman just Superman didn't do that always Batman comes back. Superman. Nothing kills That'd make the movie Superman. a lot shorter. Five minutes in. All right, we're done. Moving on. It was because of her rats, because she could control rats. That's really it. That's yeah. not really a crime. I don't see that in uh, any laws. What if I trained a bunch of rats? I wouldn't be thrown in jail. No, but you're going to prison just for talking about it. Service knocking at our door, wondering what's going on. And if we learned anything about how not if my rats did the job properly. I, I, okay, I'm not going to go down there. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, they also said her dad had some problems. So, he was I mean, a drug addict. Maybe it was a mix of being able to control rats like her dad mixed with his reputation being pushed onto her, maybe? They didn't live in the United States. Doesn't mean there's not crime other places no i know but i'm just <laughs> but i'm saying the bell reef take or it, laws it, in other places bell, or reputations in other places like that why would it matter if they're in the u.s or not well because if they're coming to bell reef that is technically an american prison so that's not well i mean rats did like, it, spread the black plague so maybe they were concerned it's not like it's a guantanamo bay it is an actual prison in the united states i don't i, I don't know why we're talking about the prison system in the way that it works in the <laughs> fictional DC universe, but anyway, uh, she was my favorite character. Apparently, it's messed up. The prison system is just as messed up in the DC universe as it is here. So that's exciting. And I liked how she made friends with King Shark. I thought that was a really yeah. cute relationship to watch. I really, I don't think really King Shark was evil either. King Shark was just doing what sharks do. In he all was honesty, just being that's a not shark. a bad thing. Jonathan. Yeah. I yeah. think that trying to pick somebody up when they're sleeping to eat them no. is kind of a, a like. I bet you sharks, Hazel did the same thing. Sharks eat people though, like or eat things. So that's what they do. I can't really blame a shark. It's like blaming a snake for biting you. It's not really the snake's fault. It's what snakes do. You shouldn't be around snakes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of with Mike on this one. Okay, well, the point being, I'm questioning whether <laughs> any of these people are bad people. Okay, I think they're all good guys now. Thinking about it. So they're all. Have a bad reputation, but they all have the heart of gold. Except for that that one guy. That's a spoiler, probably. If I say it, so we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. My, I was gonna say my favorite character was Polka Dot Man, but I really I kind of I don't know if it was his fault in the first place. Oh no, he no no. That's like, what I'll say. Like I mean, he he he's actively trying to be a good person, yeah. and he just because of his power he can't. But I think that's. Uh, a little the, sad. He's very tragic. In this film, he's very tragic. And the, the only thing I don't like about him, though, and I, I just thought it went on for too long, was the joke about with his mom. I just... Yeah. I, I got... I didn't find it funny. I, I, no, okay. I, found it fun, I found it funny the first time. Didn't find it the sec, funny the second time. Didn't find it funny the third time. But the fourth time, then I was like, okay, this is... This, 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 this is where you should have gone to for that, that punchline bringing it back again. Not... Call back to it again. Call back to it again. Because it's, it's not funny. But to me, I, I get that's what people probably like. And comedy is more subjective than most things in film. But, yeah. I, we, we've been talking for a while here about the Suicide Squad. Uh, does anyone have any closing thoughts that they want to get off their chest before we do our ratings? I am convinced that most everyone on the squad is a good person now. Actually. I didn't think about it just now. I'm on their side of the story. Uh, you're on their side okay uh, harley quinn are you gonna try and say that she's a good person 
she she she's had, had some, some bad bumps, things happen but... to her. Yeah, she's doing her best. She she she, she has had bad things. Through. I mean, at the end, she at the end off. of the day, she loves animals and she can be kind. She's trying to be a better person. She's doing her best. Oh no, no, I know that's, really that's, that's actually that it, that's actually some of my favorite beats of this film is, is uh, that Harley Quinn character development. I think that there's actually more character development in this film for Harley than her own. It's not really technically her own film, but the Birds of Prey movie. Which that's another film that when I look at this film and that Birds of Prey film, this film's just so much better. And I, I was excited for the Birds of Prey film, but that's that was just uh, kind of a misguided film. Um, I also forget that movie exists as well. I think I just forget a lot of the DC movies exist. But you'll um, never forget Shazam. I probably would if you'd stop talking about it. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, anyway. I'll never forget Shazam. Uh, I think it was my fourth uh, fourth uh, favorite film. It's your fifth uh, film. My, oh God, he, he knows it. He knows it. I don't even know it. <laughs> he was offended by it that much that's ingrained in his skull. Uh, I'm going to have Alzheimer's when I'm older and all I'm going to yell is Shazam at five. And people are just going to be so confused about what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> not, that's all I'll know. That's, all, that's what my life will be. I'm sorry to hear that. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I think that's great. Maybe more people will watch Shazam. Anyway, uh, Samantha, did you have any closing thoughts before we get to our ratings here for the Suicide Squad? Nope. Okay. We have a rating system here at Filmology. See it, rent it, skip it, let it burn. See it, obviously go see it in the theater. Uh, with the caveat right now, uh, be safe. Don't, don't, don't be stupid. Don't lick the arm but rest. What exactly does that mean? Huh? <laughs> I mean, like that's super broad. Like, yeah, be safe. Sit in your chair. Maybe don't try and jumping down all the aisles by yourself. Well, that, be that, safe. Maybe don't, uh, you know, don't, lift the floor well, or anything. Yeah, don't run to your chair with a sharp straw in your hand. It's okay. All don't of do these that. things. Walk slowly. All of these things that you're saying, you should not be doing. <laughs> We, but when you're trying to drink your soda, don't shove the straw down your throat. It's fine. Okay, just suck through the straw. It's fine. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> look, if you're going to the theater and you're in an area that has, let's just be honest here. If you want, go, be vaccinated. If you want to go out, do all the things you want to do. Go back to how life used to be. I mean, I think all of us on the this call want that. The majority of people who I talk to want that. Let's just do it. You don't want to wear, go get the vaccine, wear the mask. Let's just try to go back to some sense of normalcy because, I mean, Samantha, we were at a packed theater for this. Yeah. And on one hand, it was terrifying to be in the packed theater. Yeah. But on the other hand, it felt so good because the, the crowd was enjoying the film and you could feel that electricity in the room. And I... Love that when a film is working and you're just there with that audience. I want to get back to that. We got a whole bunch of more Marvel movies coming up. Spider-Man, uh, No Way Home. I mean, just think of how many people want to see Tom Holland again as Spider-Man. So December's coming up. Let's try to beat this. Let's try to be smart. Wear your mask. Get a COVID vaccine. Get a flu shot. You know? Just be safe. Just be safe and smart. I feel like that's why they're bringing the mask back, by the way, is flu season starting. 
pharmacy is starting to get flu shots in and everything, too. So, it's starting. I think that's why they're bringing it back now, though. Also, the transmission rates are super high again. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Doing a great job out there. So, see it in a safe manner. Rent it, you know, whatever you want to rent it on. Uh, Apple, uh, Apple, excuse me, Apple Music, uh, uh, iTunes, I want to say Vivo, but Voodoo. Uh, is, it almost, it's go- is it cheaper to get an HBO Max subscription just to watch it than to rent it? Or is it just like a $5 rental? Well, you can't rent it right now. So technically, mm-hmm. yes, it would be cheaper to get an HBO Max subscription. But that's only for the next like 20 some days. So we have that. Uh, skip it. Obviously, skip it. Let it burn. Let it burn means that everybody involved with the film, from the producers to the caterers, should be put into film purgatory and not be allowed to make a, another film again for a good long while. My rating for this film is easy. It's a see it. I loved it. It should be seen on a big screen. It should be seen with a crowd. Just know that this film might offend some people. It is ultra-violent. Some of the jokes are vulgar. But that's who these characters are. So I think it's staying true to to the core of these characters. It's fun. The it, it does get a little slow at parts, uh, especially when they talking about uh, what makes them tick and the character motivations and things like that. But other than that, really enjoyed the film, and I highly recommend seeing it. Uh, it's uh, probably my favorite superhero movie of the. Favorite superhero film of the year, which I guess isn't saying much. We've only had Black Widow, right? Yeah, that's not saying much. Well, this is better than Black Widow. So, uh, I gave that a see it, and so this obviously needs to see it as well. Mike, your rating for The Suicide Squad. Uh, you know, I'm going to forget about it by the time it's not streaming anymore. I'm going to say see it. I don't. It was a good movie. I just don't know if it was going to be memorable. It's definitely worth a watch, though. Samantha. I'll say see it. We're three for three. Not all on the same like level of see it, I feel, but it's okay. It's all right. I introduced um, like see it plus and see it minus to help differentiate between them. I'm definitely <laughs> not going to do that. Uh, yeah, look, I we're, we are recording this late, and I saw the box office numbers come in. And on one hand, I'm very happy that the numbers are low, because once again... I've talked to a lot of people who don't feel comfortable going to the theater, which is the nice thing about HBO Max now. You can just watch it there. But I just... I I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the studios do with everything coming up because it's, what, $26 million opening weekend here. Let's say if it's lucky, it crawls to $80 million, if it's lucky. On a budget of $150 million, I mean, that's a loss. Which is... That's... That's sad. I don't think I don't think any films coming out right now, maybe besides Fast and the Furious, because that just came out at that sweet spot where cases were down. But I, I don't know of any film that's going to make its budget back. And as somebody who does like big blockbuster films, I want that. I don't want the the toned down blockbuster for Disney Plus or uh, streaming exclusively exclusively on HBO Max. I I. The, the, the product for that can be good, but it is still a lesser product than a giant blockbuster film. Anyway, we are going to take a quick break here, and we're going to play the trailer for Vivo, 
and we'll see you on the other side to talk about the latest Netflix streaming film. Come down from the tree. You can stay with me. When it came to music, Andres and I became so in sync. Not a moment out of place. Until the letter came. Marta. Nothing would mean more to me than for us to sing together again. So you guys were like a duo. She was also the love of my life, but I never told her how I felt. All my love, I put it into a song. You spent your life making music. Vivo, I must deliver this song to Marta. She needs to know that I love her. Marta, here I come. Vivo, Sony Pictures' first ever musical adventure featuring all new songs from Lin-Manuel Miranda, will take audiences on an epic adventure to gorgeous and vibrant locations never seen before in animation. That is the plot synopsis from Letterboxd, which we were using this week for our plot, uh, plot synopsises. Um, look, that doesn't tell you anything at all. It tells you that Lin-Manuel Miranda is doing the music, and it's coming from Sony Pictures Animation. So, Sony Pictures Animation has done some great things. They did Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, The Mitchells versus the Machines, but they've also done some pretty crummy things. The Emoji Movie, the Hotel Transylvania series, The Smurfs, Open Season, I mean, I like open season. I don't. Thank you I'm very sorry, much. but they have a spotty track record. I think we can all admit. But for me, I'm also easily the biggest in the heights fan on this call, if not in the zip code and in the state and in the Midwest. So I was really excited for this film. Love the Mountain Miranda's music. I know. That he is overdue for a misfire at some point. You have In the Heights, Hamilton, Moana, and now this. I don't consider this a misfire. He's not at that point yet. I would say that this is Lin-Manuel Miranda light. As in this is a good entry level for people, for kids, to get into different styles of music. So different genres, and to get into that very, I don't want to say, well, that, that rap, hip-hop heavy uh, style that Lin likes to do. The thing that I think most people like about the work of Lin-Manuel Miranda is he likes to bring, he likes to bring forward voices that aren't heard that often. And that's what he's doing here with Vivo. I think that should be commended. I thought that should have been commended for In the Heights, but apparently... I I understand the controversy with that film. And I am sorry for that community in Washington Heights that you did not feel that you were represented. But at the same point, we are trying to move forward with any representation in film. And for you to say that that didn't work is taking us three steps back. 
because companies aren't going to want to do it. They're going to be afraid to do it because you're going to be like, that wasn't my representation. I don't want it. We have to stop thinking like that. We have to start thinking we need representation in film with main characters, with names, with plot points, with, with story arcs. And we're finally getting that and now everyone's complaining. Let's not do that. Let's enjoy it, especially for this film. This is Viva. It's a, it's a fun little animated film. Let's just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Let's not blast Lin-Manuel Miranda. I, the thing which I really personally like about Lin-Manuel Miranda, especially his music, is how earnest it feels. If you've ever heard him talk, if you ever listen to his music, he feels earnest and authentic. Now, maybe he's not. But I, I would say that I get a good vibe from people usually. I, I, I can read people like that. Smith is like, no, I can't. Okay, I, I think I can. I, I think I can tell if someone is BSing me versus being authentic. And maybe it's just because I've worked in customer service for too long that I can be like, hey, you're an actual good person. Yes, I'm more than willing to help you out. Hey, no, you're just here being a Karen and just demanding things get away. I, I've never got that vibe from Lin-Manuel Miranda. And I, I just... I think that's great. I, th I think that this is a good entry-level film. It's not perfect by a long shot. This isn't, like, the best film. This isn't even close to being the best animated film of the year. I mean, we have uh, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, Ryan the Last Dragon, Luca, all way better films than this. But as an entry-level film, to musicals, to, to even just taking a glimpse of life at Cuba, I think that works. I I, I would... Been chatting there, Mike. I, I actually don't know if you're gonna talk at all. So, Samantha, I watched it. I told you I watched it. I was just messing with you, man. I definitely watched the movie. I promise. Jonathan, is he BSing you or? I, this, is, this is my thing. <laughs> I, I thought don't... you could get a read on people. I can get a read on people if I am actively looking at the people. I'm oh, not. Acti all right, Mike. We'll be over shortly. I am not okay. actively <laughs> looking at Mike right now uh, on this call, so I don't know, but. I'll go over the whole so, so, plot right now for you. Okay, ready? Spoiler, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that takes too long. <laughs> I watched it. I promise. Mike, your opinion on <laughs> Vivo. I thought a lot of it was kind of like the non-musical parts are kind of generic, but I enjoyed the musical numbers. Um, my favorite one, Jonathan, I don't remember the name of it. I think it's my own drum or something like that, is one of them. I don't. I don't know if you guys are. If I, I can't remember if it's actually a Kikachu or whatever it is, and it's the girl meets. I don't remember. Is it a Kikachu? It looks like a monkey. Trust me. I, for the longest I time, I thought it was a monkey. I thought that was one of the made-up names we were talking about earlier. <laughs> I got confused. Oh, yeah. No, can't confuse the real word, guys. Okay. I enjoyed that part where they first met. That was my favorite musical number. That wasn't the part. Where they, that wasn't the part where they first met. They met in Cuba. They met in island, Cuba. Mike. In, oh my bad. <laughs> I meant. I meant in the, when they met in their room, like other, like other. Uh, Suitcase thing. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. Okay, I, I want you to. I <laughs> want everybody now. here to know that in my in my review, I put this film comes to a screeching halt 
when we meet a purple-haired monster who plays the recorder. No, I thought it got much better when she showed up. Are you kidding it was, me? It was kind of boring at I first. Know. I was like much more intrigued. Probably why I forgot they met in Cuba. Just being honest, that was the boring part. It got much that better. Was after the, that. that was the no. No, we watched a completely different film. If you watched it, so <laughs> did you? Did you even watch it? Maybe you only watched the first part of it, and you're like, I'm done with I the wish, first part. I, I wish I would have only watched the first part because <laughs> that first part. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do enjoy the the, the other music. Uh, but there's that song. There's that song called uh, "One Last Song." You spent your life making music. I thought the songs would never end. Now it's so quiet. All I wanna do is play again with you, my friend. You fell asleep. Calming music. The sun came up. You stayed at rest. Now here I am. All I have left is one request. One more song, just one more. Give us an encore. Don't go away. We still have music to play. One more song, just one more. All that I long for. Give me a sign. It's not too late. Which this comes back to me talking about like those themes that Lynn likes to go back to. Those themes of earnestness. Those themes of legacy. Those just are dripping in this song, and that that also probably is just dripping, uh, dripping, dripping with grief. Like if you ever like go back and actually think of all those things, those songs that I'm talking about with legacy and things like that. There's always a bittersweet side to that. I don't like to look at that side, but there, there's always a bittersweet side. And definitely is in this song, too. And the moment that that song ends, I'm like, wow. No, I, why are we doing this? When did we become a bunny adventure film? I don't want that. I, I, I don't. Uh, before I go more on this... Mike, I'll let you finish, and Samantha can go on her thoughts, because I don't want to step on anyone's toes any more than I already am. But I, I adamantly disagree with you that that second half is better than the first. I kind of forgot where I was, but I said it was generic. You're talking about how much you like the purple-haired monster. Yeah, she was. She helped. It got a little better then. Um, it was okay, like that. I'll probably forget about it again, but. About the movie, but yeah, it was worth it was worth the watch. I don't know. I'll let Samantha go. I got all confused about where I was. Go on. I liked the movie. I I agree with Jonathan that I liked the first half more than the second half. But what I will say is that part of the reason I think John likes the first half so much is that those songs and the last song in the movie remind me a lot of In the Heights style of music. And I was. It made me feel weirded out that I am like this could this this type of song could a hundred percent be compared to an In the Heights song, but you can't plagiarize yourself, so I guess it's no, fine. No, no. So if if you look at <laughs> all of Lynn's work, yeah, it is all feeding off of each other. There are aspects of everything, and in in uh, so In the Heights goes to Hamilton. Uh, 
Hamilton goes to Moana. And this film, I believe, he, he's been working on this for a while. I swear he... Like, let me look it up. I swear since, like, 2015-ish. At he, the same time, I do like In the Heights music a lot. And maybe this isn't the same audience that's going to be watching In the Heights. So maybe it's completely fine. And since I've seen both, it just weirded me out a little bit. But it is a kids like movie compared to like the not kids movie. Like In the Heights probably isn't going to appeal, appeal to children. Right. So I'm just like, like, he's still spreading his music to people. It's just that they're different audiences and we happen to watch a lot of different types of movies. So he pitched this idea, which I'm assuming he had some music, some concept music at least, probably. in 2010. Wow. Hamilton came out in 2013. So this is after In the Heights. He's still working in that same vibe for his music. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you both. Like I said before, it is an entry level to Lin-Manuel Miranda, to musicals. I think this is great. Personally, I think that everybody should watch In the Heights. I don't. I think it's a timeless film. I think anyone can watch it. I understand that I'm on cloud nine with that film and everyone else is like... Cloud five. Not even. I think everyone else is on like cloud two and I'm like... <laughs> I'm, I'm way up there waving to everybody, having a party, and everyone's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm having a party. Leave me alone. And then I would like to talk about Kinkajou, since <laughs> no. half the party here doesn't think that they're real creatures. I just was confused about the name, since we were talking about Kinkachus and Pikachus <laughs> and Kinky Pikachus, and I got thrown off, and I just couldn't remember if they were actually them anymore or not. I, I will there was a lot honest. of issues out there, and I was very confused. <laughs> I will be the honest one who did not know this thing existed. <laughs> and I, once again, I, this is this is edited out, so I can talk about it again. Uh, when Lynn says he he has that line, uh, "What is a king? What is a king at you?" To to a lady, and he's like, "Oh, I'll, I'll be right back with you," or something. And I'm like, "I want to know what a king at you is. What are you doing? Like, don't ask a question in a song, and then." Go off to a different part of the song. Yeah, I'm like, that's great. That's how you got to the, that's how you got to Cuba. I think that's great. I needed to know how you got there. But can we just look like a monkey? With an awesome fedora. God, can we talk Samantha doesn't want to talk about his fedora. No, we gotta talk about Kinkajus. Dude, if they all had fedoras, they'd be a lot better. Let's just The Kinkajou with a fedora the, is mythical. Kinkajou in general is real, Jonathan. <laughs> but I can tell you that I've always loved animals, and back in middle school, I was looking heavily into how to take care of a kinkajou because I would I wanted one so bad. I know they're wild animals, and um, I personally believe you probably shouldn't have a wild animal in your house, but I really wanted a kinkajou, so I was super excited when the movie's like, I'm a kinkajou, and I was like, finally, kinkajou representation, where have you been all my life? I love Kinkajus. Um, Would you be a member of the Sand Dollar group? I mean, I technically was a Girl Scout, so sure. Well, they, they were very adamant that we don't want that Kinkajou, but then the Kinkajou saved their lives. And they're like, they wanted him to quarantine so he wouldn't bring sickness. I feel like that was fair. So I guess I'm part of the antagonist group of the movie. And I just wanted everyone to know that Kinkajus are real and they really like fruit. <laughs> Like bananas and mangoes. And the film talks about that. The film gives him a mango. I don't know if that's talking about him. <laughs> Gets a mango. And I just want to say, 
that um, she's lucky to have a Kinkajou. She really is. Is it because he's got a top hat? And that top hat, oh, a fedora. Whoa. Why did I say top hat? A I, fedora. I don't know. With a cute little, like, neck, like... I agree, though, he does look like an animated monkey. John and I were talking about that earlier, how you would how we would change it to make it look more like a kinkajou after I showed him pictures that are 100% real, because kinkajous are real. Those are all photoshopped, I got you. <laughs> a kinkajou that is very much a real animal this somewhere. Is, this is like a Fantastic Beasts of America. Where to Find Them thing. I got you. <laughs> On the same page. We're good. Um, it looks like a monkey and a rat mated. That's weird. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing. Is that what it is? Yeah. He doesn't like it. It's cute. It's what it it's is. I think. I, look, I think they got the, the for, for the majority of them. They, they got, got the tail right. They got the tail and the color. In the color right, and when it was walking on on all fours, you made the comment. Okay, that does now look like a kinkajou. Yeah, but, it's just but, he's mostly standing up like a little monkey because, person. Well, because they wanted to make him more humanoid, so audiences would. They don't make dogs stand up on all fours. Goofy? On all twos. Goofy? All twos? Fours? Goofy's a, a, Goofy's a dog. But you can't have Pluto's both. You can't have both. They have both, Jonathan. <laughs> they have no, but, both. I, I'm saying you can't have both Pluto and Goofy walking up on uh, two legs. That's Why just too not? much. I don't know, because you needed to have the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions for you that we can talk about later. Or Snoopy. Snoopy doesn't walk on all four legs. Yes, he does. Snoopy does not. Sometimes. Sometimes, but not all the time. He lays in the thing like a person on his house. Okay, anyway, continue with your Kinkajuu facts. Well, I was just going to move on to something I'd like to be emphasized more. Okay. Other than Kinkajuu facts um, is that I really did like... The kind of wistful love story thing that was going on. I thought that was, you know, a great motivation. I thought it was sweet and cute. And I, I like that type of stuff. But I feel like after a certain point, it wasn't about that anymore. And I kind of wanted it to still be about that. Which would wear the which is the first half of the movie. Right. And I agree with you. The more... What, what am I going to say here? The more Pixar adult version of this story would be that. That's true. We wouldn't have Gabby. And Gabby, I, Mike, I don't like that. I don't, I, I bounced to the beat of my own drum. It was stuck in his it's head for been a while. stuck in my head for the past 24 hours. And I keep, like, I, I, I love the little, the rhymes that are going on. And I really like that. that I do that's, appreciate the rhymes. That's, that's fun. That's cute. That, whatever. But other than that, I don't care for the song. I don't think this is going to be like, Shiny from Moana, which in my review, um, which now lives on in, in for infinity, I said I didn't like that song. I thought it kind of dragged the film down. It was completely out of place. Uh, I, I was wrong. There, are, if you go back and look at my reviews, there's a lot of things I'm wrong about because uh, I see the film again or I grow as a person, things like that. But this isn't going to be that case. The, the case for this song. It's out of place. I get the style of it. I just don't like it. So, uh, we got that. I, I feel I feel really kind of mean here with that we're making that I'm saying that a ten year old girl in the film is just making the entire film just go. I will tell you that song that we keep mentioning is very obnoxious and jarring. 
other parts of the movie, I think she's okay. I don't really like that song because I'm just like, oh God, please stop, kind of. I just think her introduction is so... And it, it's not charming when they meet. No, it's like, not. Like, I wasn't like, oh. But I was like, what the heck? For the, major- <laughs> for the majority of the running length of this film... But some parts she's okay later in the movie. The last ten minutes. The last ten minutes. Okay. <laughs> I can deal with her. But for the rest of the, that time, I'm on Vivo's side of, okay... She's a nuisance. Let's just get rid of her and move on. Which is that, that's basically. But if this movie's about Vivo and he's technically annoyed with her for most of the time, and that song is jarring and obnoxious for him as a kinkuju, maybe it's working because maybe they want you to agree with him. Maybe it, that's her from there's, his point of view, and maybe she's not that obnoxious to everyone. It's just I, the, the, Vivo's the mo- lens. The mother, I think, thought she was that obnoxious. I don't. <laughs> that think. was funny. <laughs> I, I, and the only reason yeah. why I'm going to disagree with you on that song is because if if what you're saying is true, why would they play that song during the end credits? Because they well, want it to be a big hit. I mean, keep keep in mind this was supposed to come out in theaters, so that would be the song you would be leaving. Well, to. they want you to leave on an upbeat song, and I guess that's what they no, pay. but but usually like what 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 for theater for film, what you're always told is you have to have great opening. And you have to have a great closing. Because that opening is going to bring people in. And that closing is going to be the last thing that people remember. Mm-hmm. If I leave... I, I had this happen I, um, back with uh, that Aladdin film uh, t- two years ago. There's a song playing during the credits. And I was like, God, this is terrible. This is like... I didn't care for that film that much. But this is even making the film even worse in my mind. For, for that purpose, don't put a song on there just to sell a song. Which is what they were doing there. And... I, that needs to stop. I get that that's been going on for ages, but it needs to stop. They could have played a more upbeat version of the song that was written. I know that we just heard it 15 minutes earlier. Like how, since we keep going back to Moana, I'll use that as an example, how, you know, that song is remade into the pop version or whatever. You know, it's not the exact same song from the movie that they just plucked out and put in there. It's not the exact same. There, there are things that are it's slightly different. the pop version, you know? And this is, like, almost the exact same song. Correct. And I, I think that would have been a better choice to do. Um, I'm not sure who had the say in that. I mean, if it was the director, if it was Lin-Manuel Miranda, I was Sony Animation, I have no clue. My last big takeaway here from this movie, and I think it just would have been made the film a lot smoother for me, or uh, we can talk about what I might want if it if it doesn't sound smoother. Can we just have had the kick? Uh, I can't even say the word now. Kinkajou. Kinkajou. If we could have just had the Kinkajou talk, like I, I get that he's talking, but like actively talk so people understand him, not just so he's making Kinkajou noises, because he's saying. The head of the the Girl Scout knockoff, um, the Sand Dollars, could understand it because she made a comment about like listening to the Kinkachu or something, and I was really hoping that that would they'd build on that. I think that was more of a joke, like a yeah, whatever they said, except it was yeah, what the Kinkachu said. I know, I was, well, she was really so hoping that she was the one that, that could point, understand cause... it just for whatever reason. I just got excited. So I ju- I just think that as Mikey was saying, it's inconsistent. Uh, having because he, he's saying plot points he's singing plot points but can't we just have everybody in the same room know what's going on here 
Or if not, let's just start hashtag now. Release the Kinkajou cut of the film and where it's just all like Kinkajou noises that he's making. <laughs> I would watch that in a heartbeat. Honestly, when, 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 there were moments here, um, I, I kept having a flashback to Avengers Endgame where you have, uh, obviously you have Star Lord, he's doing the, 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 the hooked on the field. What's he, what's he dancing to? I can't even remember now. Uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy. He, he's dancing to that song. And then Avengers Endgame cuts and you, he's just dancing. You don't hear the music at all. He's just dancing. That that was kind of what I'm like. Is you know that what, what it reminds me of? What does it remind you of? Uh, Katie. It's a cat. Oh, the cat thing. A stray cat documentary. And they have one film where it's the narrator and they're oh, telling oh, you the, the information. <laughs> and then... And there's a cat version where it's the meowing. There's a, there's a cat commentary. <laughs> and it's the best thing in the world. I love it a lot. I I would watch the Kinkajou version. So. I just want to know what a, a Kinkajou sounds like. I, I have no clue. Who knows? Uh, let's do ratings here for Vivo. My rating is I rent it. I do think that there are a lot of strong points in this movie, but I just... I enjoyed the first 20 minutes so much, and I was on board with it. I was so excited to see where we, where we were going, and we just take the train to a generic land. And I guess that's what the United States is. Maybe this is a whole metaphor for the United States. I, I If you had a college paper, you want to write it, go ahead. Uh, you can make the that case, but as a film, I'm not enjoying it. So, not enjoying that aspect of it. So my final rating has to be a rented. Mike, your rating for Vivo. I'm gonna pick rent it just because it is rather generic. Besides the music, for the most part. I'm gonna say rent it because of how the story ended up going. Like if it went the Pixar route, as Jonathan was saying, I'd probably like it more. So rent it. And isn't that just a bummer when you're like, man, this, like, I, I don't want to use the word masterpiece on it because I don't think it would be that, like, level, but where it could be one of, like, one of the most enjoyable films of the year, one of those, I mean, just the levels of emotion and depth that those, like, great Pixar movies go to, like, Wally, Inside Out, things like that, this film had the potential to do it, and I think that's the thing that's the most frustrating to me, is how... You saw the glimpses of it. And then it just said, no, we don't want to do that. Wash it all the way and shove it off the desk. I just, it, like, I, I, I honestly felt my heart sink when that recorder went off. And I, I'm i not being overdramatic here with, like, my heart, like, I felt it sink. And I know that I'm being cruel to a 10-year-old because it's not, it's not, it's not the voice actor's fault. Actress's fault. It's not her fault. She's doing a good job for what she has to do. It's just, I don't like what she had to do. If that makes sense. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to play the trailer here for Val, and then we'll see you on the other side to talk about Val. Hi, my name's Val. I don't do this with every interview I go on. Take you inside my home. I don't. But I'm going to. My name is Val Kilmer. I'm an actor. I've lived a magical life, and I've captured quite a bit of it. Yeah, push the button. I was the first guy I knew to own a video camera. Here we are, filming ourselves. Uh, is that a it's video rolling. camera? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool, Val. 
I have thousands of hours of videotapes and film reels that I've shot throughout my life and career. Shut the video camera off. I will keep it on until we rehearse. Oh, damn. For over 40 years, Val Kilmer has been documenting his own life and craft through film and video. He has amassed thousands of hours of footage, from 16mm home videos made with his brothers, to time spent in iconic roles for blockbuster movies like Top Gun, The Doors, Tombstone, and Batman Forever. This raw, wildly original, and unflinching documentary reveals a life lived to extreme and a heart-filled, sometimes hilarious, look at what it means to be an artist and a complex man. Well, I would like to say really quick that that is a very egocentrical <laughs> plot synopsis. And it doesn't help that Val Comer is one of the producers of this film. So, um, I guess that's kind of me getting that out of, the, out of the way now. That I do have some bias against that. Hey, I'm making a documentary about myself. But yeah, I'm also producing it and my son's narrating it. And I get why I get why his son's narrating it. I do get that. But I do enjoy aspects of this documentary. I, I can't say I've ever really enjoyed Val Kilmer as an actor. He's not really like somebody who I've like loved watching. I didn't grow up watching Top Gun. I mean, the thing that I probably first saw him in was Batman Forever. Even growing up watching that, that wasn't my favorite Batman film. So that's that's kind of that. Uh, it's a documentary. It's good though. It's good. I mean, it's good enough. If you look at what it is, it's telling you about where he grew up. It's telling you about the steps that he took to become an actor. Uh, talking about what he feels are his uh, biggest steps uh, in his career, some of his misfires, and talking about where he is today. That's that's that. I mean, that that's basically the documentary. It's, it's told in a rather you know interesting enough way that I enjoyed it. It's taking, going through all that footage had to have been a fun and excruciating task because this was a guy who must have been born with a video camera in his hand because he just never put the thing down. And I'm like, man, just live your life. But apparently he doesn't do that. I don't know. Samantha, we'll start with you on this one. What were your initial thoughts on Val and do you have any like, you know, impressions of who Val Kilmer was before watching this documentary? Well, what I'll say is if you know me, you know that I don't exactly know actor and actresses' names or individual lives. Nothing against them. I'm more in it for the stories that they tell while there. It's not like I'm curious what they're doing next. I, I don't know. Anyway... My point is, is I didn't know Val Kilmer until John told me I had to know him. So, based on the movies that I've seen, I think he's alright. I don't think he's the best actor. I don't think he's the worst actor. I think he's somewhere in the middle. And, you know, it was interesting to get, like, a peek at his life that I normally wouldn't go in search of. Like... Let's say you like Jennifer Lawrence, and you know all this stuff about what she's doing, where she's That's going. Are you having a Jennifer Lawrence documentary? Where, where is it? Show me right now. Jonathan, fine. Lady Gaga. Oh, God. Better? No, there is a Lady Gaga documentary. There is. But, I, but I'm just it. saying, I feel like for actors and actresses, I don't go to the next level where you're like, 
Oh, they went to a premiere tonight. Oh, they have a pet dog. Although I should know that information, I don't. So I just thought it was interesting for me, for someone who didn't really have a full-formed opinion on him before watching this movie, with his, me with a lot of documentaries, it feels like, on people, getting to know him in this film he's presenting me. Would, would you have known, after watching this documentary, did you get the... Did you get a good, good grasp on uh, that a lot of people in Hollywood have called Val Kilmer difficult to work with? No. She didn't seem difficult in the film. But which is, I think that's the thing that I'm saying. But it's also he, from footage the, from his point of view, and maybe he doesn't think he's difficult. Which is why I think that this is becoming like, muddy, because it feels like it's a, hey, look at me, I'm going to put this shining spotlight on me. Which uh, take away all the warts and all the all the bad stuff, which is why I really like the Anthony Bourdain documentary, which might focus a little bit too heavily on some of the bad aspects of, of his life. Yeah. By looking at this one, hey, how come we didn't do anything wrong? Yeah, how come you're great? What? Wait, what do we? People seem difficult to work with. What are you talking about? I'm just I'm an actor. I'm trying to live up to my craft, and I'm like, I, there there becomes a point, and I'm sorry to, to say this to everybody. I I went to school for film. I went to school for art. But there becomes a point where it's still a job. Your entire life, your entire persona should not revolve around it. And I think that, obviously, he got divorced. Right. But but we don't know... You don't see anything leading up to that. You don't know what caused it. Not that we have to, but for a film about a personal life being like, I'm great, why would they divorce? You know? Correct. I I actually found myself thinking about that. And I think that that this film should have maybe talked about that. And I don't think that he wants to do that. And I think the film needed to. Because the film goes through a montage of talking about how he's difficult to work with. I'm like, that's 10, 15 years of his life that gets brushed under the rug. And I'm like, if Marlon Brando came out and said he was difficult to work with because he idolized Marlon Brando, he would have had a meltdown. Anyway, uh, Mike, your opinion here, uh, your quick take on Val. Um, I, it reminded me a lot of Kid 90, um, where it seems a lot like a vanity project for the person behind it. I didn't like it as much as Kid 90, though, because I feel like Kid 90 did take it away from Scylla and Moonfry enough and focus on her friends and the people around her a little bit more. Um, and I know who Val Kilmer is because I was alive and watching those Bat- the Batman movie when it came out and Top Gun was a big thing and a lot of other movies that he, he was in I watched when they came out. Um, but overall, I, like you said, it seemed kind of biased. He did touch on, like, the island of Dr. Moreau with Brando, like you were talking about. But it did seem like he was always painted in a good light, so you don't really know the other side of it at all. And, yeah. I don't know. Overall, it just seemed like a vanity project. There's a really interesting documentary out there that actually goes through the whole making of that the making of that film and why it was so difficult and everything like that. I mean, everybody on this project is kind of to blame. There's not, like, one single person who walks away unscathed in that documentary. It kind of... It was a troubled project. And Marlon Brando famously doesn't help troubled projects. For as great of an actor as he was, uh, at this point in his career, he was just like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? I think it shows in the film. Um, So, I... I think that's an interesting thing to point out here. Uh, I, I, was more, I was more positive on it last night, Samantha, when we watched it. And the more I've just been thinking about it all day, I'm like, I just... I get that 
the whole point, the point of making a vanity project and how he's probably never going to like fully act again. So I do feel bad for him in that way. But because he seems to really enjoy acting, he does. But if if you would have looked at his like past couple credits, like before he acknowledged that he had throat cancer, he wasn't like doing. He was doing things that he wanted to do that that he thought was interesting, and maybe they are interesting to some people, but they were all pretty bad movies, especially compared to where he started. I mean, he, he this this is the thing that really weirds me out. Is he's talking about how much he hates block like big huge Hollywood movies that don't have like giant characters in them and things like that. What was Top Gun? Yes, yeah, so they took a chance on it, but it was a Tom Cruise project. Come on, don't, don't try and kid me that this was a little indie film that you had no clue that it was going to be a big hit. You you wanted it to be a big hit. You didn't think it was going to be that big. It was just like when Frozen came out for Disney. They're like, oh, we want this to be a big hit, but they didn't think it was going to be the juggernaut that it was. Really. Is anyone going to feel bad for like the Disney company if that film fails? Is anybody going to feel bad for Tom Cruise if a movie that he's in comes out and fails? I would argue no. But if you, if you ask Val Kilmer, man, this was the indie project of that year. I mean, Top Gun was like his, Tom Cruise's fifth movie, though. And, like He had Risky Business. It's probably the biggest one beforehand that he starred in. So it's not like he was Tom Cruise as we know it. Top Gun was a big reason why we know who Tom Cruise is and what launched him into that higher level. And maybe I'm just biased here because I don't like Top Gun that much. I'll have to rewatch it before Top Gun Maverick comes out. But uh, my entire thought uh, when I first saw Top Gun uh, 10 years ago was good soundtrack, average movie, moving on with my life. I mean, it's just, it's just, that's kind of what it's supposed to be. Like it's, I, it's like a big action movie, awesome soundtrack. That's kind of what I think people think of when they think of Top Gun. That's why. It's, I, it's so I, I sadly I know people in my life who call Top Gun their favorite movie of all time. And I can see that. Yeah. No, I can see. I can't see that at all. The favorite I, doesn't I, necessarily mean the greatest movie of all or the best movie of all time. Like, it's just something they enjoy. Like it, it's supposed to be like a summer flick. But they're calling it a summer flick though. That's not. That's still not calling it like an indie film. I'm wasn't calling it an indie film. I was saying Tom Cruise wasn't at his height. That's what I was arguing. I, I I got what you're saying. I'm just I I I think I'm putting words into your mouth and to Val Kilmer's mouth, but I just think it's I, I just think it's weird that he's at one point praises these Hollywood movies because they got him to a point of where he wanted to be in his life, and then once he got it and he was like, cool, I could kind of more or less do projects that I want to do. And then he's doing them, and he doesn't like them. Like, Why are you looking for my sympathy? Those are your choices. And you got paid pretty well to do that. I'm sorry that you didn't like it. Move on. Because, you know what, you did, I shouldn't say that. He did finally move on. To do projects that nobody saw. And I, I think that I would like to see his uh, Mark Twain thing. I knew that I, I did know that that was a big thing he kept pushing for. And yeah, clearly he's talking about it. And I'm just like, man, this, to me, this it, it, that is the moment in somebody's life as an artist where they're just tinkering on the brink of becoming irrelevant. And he's trying to grasp on to that stardom that he once had. That's how it feels to me. Now, I wish that the film would have 
talked more about that, but the entire film is from his point of view now, not his point of view back then. So it's very hard to look at that, especially with all the health issues he's had. He's not going to want to, like, he doesn't want to look at that. He wants to look at the fact that he's happy to be alive now, and in many cases, luckily, lucky to be alive. Um, and I don't wish any ill will on Val Kilmer or his family. That's obviously not what I wish. But it's just, th- th- there's so much more meat to this bone that nobody wants to chew on. And, and that's, ju- that's, that's just frustrating to me as somebody who likes documentaries, who likes to tell good stories, and you hear good stories. It's just, I- I- I'd rather go all in than, as you said, Mike, a, a vanity project. Yeah, and now I'm thinking about my review that it's waiting to be edited and published. And I'm like, man, I was a lot more positive in that review. So that's that's my own thing. I can't, I'm not going to go back and change that. But anyway, uh, Mike Smith, do you guys have any last minute things you need to say? I like that the sun was narrating for some of it. I actually really like well, that. Well, I like the sun that was narrating. And if, I mean, he sounds so much like a young Val Kilmer. He does. So I think that... I, mean, I think that's a genius choice. And I, 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 one thing I'm really actually happy with the film with, uh, they told me that that was his son narrating. They could have tried to do a trick and say, no, this is just a young Val Kilmer who's actually narrating the thing. And I would have believed them because of how much he sounds like a young Val Kilmer. I would have been like, how long has he been working on this script? <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. I mean, with that much film, I guess, who knows. But... And I, 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 I do understand also that Val Kilmer had a lot of tragedies in his life. I think that he would agree with this, though, as well. That those tragedies are what helps make us as a person. What helps give us those human experiences. And that's not me saying that he's a lesser person. That's not me saying he's a god walking among humans. But I just... We we all have those experiences. And I'm just... I do, I do pass my sympathy on to him for that. But when it comes to his acting choices, those were completely in his control so that that's where i personally draw the line there ratings here uh look i'm giving it a rent it it's not that bad that you shouldn't see it i do think there are interesting aspects to this documentary and i think that one of the most interesting things is hey he's he's filming most of this and i think that's interesting to see i think it's interesting to know where he came from like his family life and everything like that because he does talk about it he does talk about the ups and downs of it and I think that's something that's interesting. And do I personally think in 20 years anyone's going to really remember Val Kilmer? No. And that's okay. I mean, he's not like the, he's not like the greatest actor of his generation. So, I, I mean, let me, let, let me put it this way. I kept thinking to myself, actually, at the end of this, yesterday when we were watching this, how would I feel if somebody made a documentary about Chadwick Boseman? Who I think had so much potential. And he showed that in every role that he had. Even if the film was god-awful. Yet this was a person who showed humanity and just empathy to every person he talked to. And there's not... Since Chadwick's death, there hasn't been a day that I've gone by and been like, I... Like, I, 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 I miss him so much. If, if there's bad aspects of his life, I do want to know about them. Obviously, he was very 
private about everything health-wise, so I'm assuming he was a very private person in general. But when he met fans, when he went out there to talk to us, he never let that get in the way of just being there for people who wanted to be there for him. Anyway, Val, Val here, it's a rented. Mm, uh, we wouldn't hear uh, Samantha. What would your rating be for Val? My ratings also rent it. I thought it was really cool that they were able to have that much footage to work from because I feel like with other documentaries they have to dig up whatever they can find and sometimes there's not a lot. But with him there's lots of pick from so I thought that was kind of cool to be able to have that available to them. Mike, you're rating for Val. Um, I'm borderline between skip it and rent it, but I'm going to go with rent it. I disagree, though. I think um, Val Kilmer has done enough to be remembered in 20 years. Like, Top Gun and, like, Tombstone and Heat enough will, like, make sure he's there. But the it is really, like I said, a vanity project. And it's probably very exciting for, like, his son and him to work on it together and him to go through those old memories and everything. But I think it probably has more value to them than it would be to the viewer. But I still think if you're into Val Kilmer and just movies in general, you might get something out of it. So I'll both rent it. We'll talk more about Valkyrie performances coming up right now, actually. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about our top five Valkyrie movies. Batman Forever, I, I, I read an interesting quote uh, that you likened putting on the Batman suit in Batman Forever. You said... I, I liked putting it you on? You likened. You likened oh, it. You, you said that it was like... I didn't like... You like didn't it. like it. <laughs> you said it felt like, you felt like an old person while wearing... I think we have a still here of you in the Batman suit. Yeah, there it is. There it is. You said that it, that it felt like being an old man. That's how right. Is, how? Well, you have... You need, there's about six reasons. You, you need help getting dressed. Mm-hmm. It takes about 45 minutes to get undressed. <laughs> you, this, is, this is true. You need help going to the bathroom. Uh-huh. You can't hear anymore. It's, pla- it's plastic. Do right. this right now. Right. You just, that's what it's like. Now pull it, like some of our friends in Malibu. Why do I have to pull it? I'm Batman. That's what happens. That's what, that's what happens. I'm a depressed Batman. See, yeah. I'm a Batman yeah. who needs And therapy. then when you call out for help, no one comes. <laughs> In between, in between tapes, you're like a mannequin, and they had, you know, you're in a, you're in a kind of a lounge chair. You can't you're like, move. You're like, Daisy, can I have some water? No one comes. Everything has to be fed in this. Tr- you have to have a straw. All right, we are back to talk about our top five Val Kilmer movies. Keep in mind, this is not Val Kilmer performances. This is the actual movie, and I can tell you right now. I have movies on my list that he would adamantly disagree with. But that's why it's my personal list, not his list. As we were talking about before, I don't think that Val Kilmer will overall be remembered in 20 years. But you know what? Some of the movies that he is in will definitely be remembered in the next 20 years. I'm going to start us off with number five. And sadly, this will be remembered. I wish in some ways that it might not be. But Batman Forever, I, I was talking about before about how, like, this wasn't the Batman film that I grew up watching the most, but this was the first Batman movie I saw. Uh, I shouldn't say that. The first live action movie I saw. The first 
Batman movie I saw was Batman Mask of the Phantasm, but this movie, the first live-action Batman, I mean, for that reason, it leaves an impact on me. It's kind of like your, your favorite uh, James Bond, or the, your first James Bond. Whoever that is, it leaves an impact on your life. So, for that reason, Val Kilmer, as Batman Bruce Wayne, leaves an impact on my life. And uh, he probably doesn't care about that, but I, I appreciate the performance that he gave. And I do understand how horrifying, or not horrifying, but horrible each Batman suit is to move in. I mean, every actor talks about how terrible it is. But, such is life. Batman Forever, number five. Mike, would you like to go with your number five? My number five is real genius. Um, it's a Considering how badly um, some 80s comedies have aged, I really hope I don't regret saying this because I forgot a part of it, but uh, it's a fun 80s comedy, and it's enjoyable. It's fun. I like it. Samantha? My, my number five is true romance. That's all I have to say. I was going to say, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically a cameo in that movie. What John... Is it probably wants me to song? say is that for this top five, I've only seen five movies. I'm sorry on this quality. I, I think True Man, True Romance is a great film. I just it's okay. This is not the one where she's like, "You're so cool." Yeah, but that's the joke. <laughs> it's it, it's it's a joke. I said it to you after the movie, and you told me never tell me that again. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, so... I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe you got some rose glasses on, but... Uh... I think it's a great movie. I don't, <laughs> I'm not it's a joke. I mean, it's a satire at times, and that, that's one of the aspects of the satire. Okay. Anyway, it's a cameo, but... Surprise, he's in it. He is in it. <laughs> uh, my number four, definitely not a cameo. It's probably showing up in your list, Samantha. Mike, I doubt it's showing up in yours. Uh, number four, The Prince of Egypt. I really like this film, and which probably surprises a lot of people because I'm not the most. I love theology, but I don't know personally what I subscribe to when it comes to that. I'd still, I still, I love aspects of all all not all but a lot of different religions. Yeah, I feel like you could be agnostic, which means I think no, there's well, something, but I don't know. No, I, I think I know exactly. Like usually, what I when I tell people when we talk about religion, I usually go to the life of Pi. That's usually the thing which I talk about, which is much more spiritual. Like, it, 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 like which is why I don't know. I, I, I don't think we need to get into uh, the politics of religion at the moment, but either, either way, I think that he does a good job as Moses in this film. I actually easily rather watch this, the, the the Prince of Egypt versus the Charlton Heston 1950s, uh, the Ten Commandments. Maybe I just like handmade films more. Maybe I just like a good musical number. As we talked about with Vivo, I do like all those things. And I think that this is a good film. I mean, I do. I think it's a good film. I, uh, they could not replicate it again. They did try with jo- uh, Joseph uh, in the Code of Dreams, I think it Technicolor dream code? No, that's the actual musical. This is... They tried Maybe to do... Maybe it is the Code of Dreams, because I definitely remember seeing that. They tried to do their own version, and it didn't work at all. And I do think that Val Kilmer, he helped bring a lot of believability to the role. So for him, that's great. That's probably what he'd want to hear. He made it feel authentic. So, number four, The Prince of Egypt. My number four is Heat. I um, don't remember much about it, honestly, but I remember... 
being a really good movie. It's been a long, long time since I watched it, and I'm basing it being above Real Genius just based on its reputation, to be honest. Um, so we're going to go with Heat at number four. My number four is Deja Vu. I, I really like the idea of the movie, which is one of the reasons I watched this one specifically. But I really felt like the first half of it was kind of slow, and the second half was the interesting part of the movie. So that's why it's at number four. Uh, my number three is Tombstone. I think it's probably one of his, like, based off the, do- the doc we watched, it's probably one of his favorite films that he was in. He's actually really good in it. So, like, with all this talk of me saying he's not a good actor, he is a, he is genuinely a good actor. And he's good in the movie. It's, it's a good good western. I don't want to say it's a great, like, a great western. It's it, it's a, an entertaining film. So, for that, I enjoyed, I enjoyed his performance as good. Um, I, for some reason, my transfer on the DVD I had was terrible, so that was upsetting. Uh, but that's not the fault of the film. That's the fault of the people who made my DVD. So, yeah, Tombstone, number three. My three is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, it's a Shane Black movie with Robert Downey Jr. I really enjoy it. I enjoy most Shane Black movies. Um, and if you haven't seen it, which I imagine if you're watching this podcast you probably, or listen, listening to it, you probably have. But if you haven't, go out and see it. It's really good. My number three is Val, which we pretty much already discussed. Oh, you're, boy, you're putting his own documentary in the list? <laughs> I've seen five Val Kilmer movies. And that is one of them. <laughs> And it's the third best one, too. It is the third best one that I've seen, everyone. How do you like them apples? Jonathan does not like them apples. <laughs> I was excited to watch Deja Vu, but now apparently I'm not excited to watch that movie. You like slow burns, though. You might like it more than me. It's a Denzel Washington movie. I never consider him to be in a, like a slow burn action movie. You'll figure it out. I, okay, whatever. I'll get to it at I some point. I watched that. I don't, I don't know if you'd like it, Jonathan. I barely remember it, but I don't remember it being very good. But you also said you don't remember like the Suicide Squad, and we j- you just watched it, so no, that's I, not... I forget. I forget the movie exists. Oh, wait, wait, which one are we talking about? I'm talking about the, the new, new one. one. You also said that you're gonna forget that that exists. Yeah, I will. It was good. I just forget it exists. But you <laughs> remind me of it, and I can remember the movie. It is no Suicide Squad. It is not as good as Suicide Squad. I'm pretty sure it was straight to DVD. Deja Vu? No, Deja Vu was in theaters. I remember it coming out. Probably a short run then. Anyway, uh, it's a Tony, Tony Scott film, and Tony Scott at that point was definitely not making direct uh, DVD schlock. My number two is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and I, I really love this film. It's a great film. The Shane Betlack dialogue is fantastic, so definitely uh, worth a watch. And it's a great Samantha. Should this movie be in our Christmas rotation? Takes place at the holidays. Maybe maybe it's a Christmas movie. No, okay. Can just I t- watch White White Christmas before it? Yeah, you can watch White Christmas. That's uh, the, the, that's my Christmas. The movie. overrated Christmas movie. I like my Christmas movie. You can't take it from me. Uh, number two, kiss kiss bang bang. Mike, you're number two. Tombstone. Uh, you already talked about it, but it's a great western. Definitely something people should be watching. I just, I just said good western. I didn't say great western. I my number great, two. Though. I upped it. My number two is Prince of Egypt. I actually watched that one a while ago. I just really like the songs, and I'd sing them to myself. That's a great song. So it's like it's really catchy, and um, I mean, I was more of a churchgoer growing up, 
so maybe that's how I got to it. I'm not sure. But even if you're not religious, it's still a good story. No, I mean, that's that's the thing that's great about that. I mean, that Superman is the modern, like, day... I mean, not, it's kind of hard to call something that came out that long ago, the modern version of this story. But it, it is. It's the, it's the story of Moses. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, uh, down the river, down the river. Uh, I can't think what the river is but at this point. parting the Red Sea? What does Superman do? But you're, you're overthinking this. It, 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 it's just his family. Or the gave, fact that he's super strong or something. You're, you're overthinking this. He's the last of his bloodline, which is kind of what that whole thing. He's not the last of his bloodline, but he's assumed to be that he could be when he's sent down the river because they're all being killed, and so they're trying to give him a fighting chance. And that's what Kal-El is from the crypt uh, from Krypton. He's sent it out because they're all gonna die I and mean, they actively all die well all die it's comic books we don't need to talk about it um my number one is heat um it is mike i'm, I'm sorry you had this at your number four it's a great film i mean val kilmer sadly i mean maybe not sadly he's not the star of the film i mean you have uh robert de niro al pacino i mean you can't really be higher than them i mean pacino does do a bit of overacting in the film but I think he's become famous for his overacting at this point. And Val Kilmer's good in it. Uh, not great. Once again, I'm basing this off of the movie, not the performance. I think that his performance is still rather good in it. But I uh, I think that he's outshined by a lot of the other cast members here. Uh, Heat is number one. My number one is Top Gun. It's an action, awesome action movie with a, um, um, for you kids out there. It has a, a soundtrack claps. It's very good. <laughs> fantastic um it's, i don't I, I know if i say it's a perfect movie i might say off jonathan but it's a really really good action movie it's classic it's definitely out there everyone should watch it and yet again i have to remind everybody of the definition of a classic that i was told in film school is a film that everybody has claimed to have seen but nobody actually has it's, it's a non-pretentious cla- classic i should say <laughs> um maybe i should clarify that i'm sorry <laughs> Sorry. No, I've I, I, I made my feelings on Top Gun known. I, I guarantee, like, once November comes and we're talking about Top Gun Maverick, I'll be able to talk more about it. And right now, I'm promising everybody listening and everybody on this call, I will watch, or rewatch, excuse me, Top Gun before Top Gun Maverick. And Samantha will watch it for the first time. Go ahead, Samantha. My number one is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I like their sassy wit. It is a great script. I wish that Shane Black would do just more films like that versus trying to reboot The Predator every five years, it seems. But, Samantha, you've never seen a Predator movie, and Mike, I don't... Nope, hasn't worked on me yet. I don't even know if you saw the last Predator. I've seen all of them, I think. I just can't keep the new ones straight, because they're all called Predator or something close to that. Uh, yeah, you got Predator, Predator 2, Predators, and then The Predator. This sounds like comic book numbering, and that is one of my biggest pet peeves in the world. It, it is awful um, naming of those movies. It is not great. Predator and Predator 2, and then it just all goes downhill. So, uh, if you agreed or disagreed with any of our thoughts on Val Kilmer or uh, Kinkabajoo's I did Kinkajus. it. Right. I always Why do you put ma? Kinkama. Kinkama. 
Like jicama? No. Jicama? What's a jicama? Oh my god. Is it like a hiccup? It's like a hic- No, that's a food. It's like a type of root that you can eat. Kinkajou. Yeah. Kinkajou. Yep. We talked about kinkajous and if I talked... If you had talk- a tattoo, it'd say kinkajou on your arm. And we also <laughs> talked about how I don't know how to say kinkajous. Uh, so, if you once again want to write into us, uh, filmologyshow at gmail.com. Make sure to check out uh, our website, filmologyshow.com. We have written reviews going back to oh, 2013 on that site. And once again, we are in the midst of a giant update to the site. It is very exciting, very time-consuming. So, Samantha, once again, I thank you a lot. But once again, thank you for all of your help. It's been really, really helpful because we kind of have a functioning website again. I help. You do help. So, we have that. Next week, we are taking a look at three movies again. Sadly, only one of them is streaming. So, we, maybe against my better judgment, are going to the theaters. Once again, if you are going to the theaters to see anything, just be smart, be safe. Uh, But the, the movies that are coming out for us to review next week... We have Free Guy, starring Ryan Reynolds, the Sundance Darling from this past year, Coda, and one of the uh, films that might be up for Best Picture this year at the Oscars, Respect. So, all three of those films are going to be reviewed on next week's episode of Filmology. Top 5 is going to be Top 5 Video Game Movies, tying in with Free Guy. Mike, you'll probably have a lot to talk about. I know that you like some video game movies, and I can it's tell you. It's gonna be all now. the Mortal Kombat movies. Yeah, I agree. The twenty, the, the new one this year, a lot better than anything that we've Terrible. got. Terrible. Um, so that's what we're gonna be doing for next week's show. Mike, Samantha, thank you both for joining me this week, and everyone listening. We'll see you next week, and enjoy your weekend film. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Coming up on this week's episode of Phimology, we are taking a look at supervillains. I'm going oh crap, I've been talking, I've been saying this word all day. Kinkamajoo? Kinkamajoo? Kinkamonkey? I don't want... It's not Kokomo. Yo-Yo Kokomo? No, not Yo Yo Kokomo. Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you. What is the word?